Hey, it's John Ingle, and I'm excited to share that registration is now live for Grid Tech Connect Forum California. Join us in Newport Beach June 24th through the 26th for the interconnection event. We're bringing together utilities, developers, regulators, and advocates to take on one of the biggest challenges facing the energy transition, both at the DG and utility scale levels. Click the link in the episode description and use promo code PODCAST to save 10% on admission. Join our partners from the Department of Energy, NREL, Southern California Edison, PG&E, Kaiso, Sunrun, NG, Convergent, AES, and so many more for this impactful event. We'll see you there. Before this year, few knew the name Oxen Solar. Even industry insiders weren't familiar with the San Jose-based manufacturer of about 150 megawatts of modules each year. But the company's trade petition to the U.S. Department of Commerce and the agency's subsequent investigation has upended the industry and made the company a target of the largest renewable energy trade groups. The Biden administration has likewise been accused of turning its back on renewable energy and climate change ambitions just for taking up the case. So what led this relatively small solar module manufacturer to become the face of a trade fight that threatens its own survival? Coming up, the first extensive interview with Oxen Solar CEO Mamoun Rashid. You're listening to Factor This. Distributech International is taking place in Dallas, Texas from May 23rd through the 25th. It's the leading annual transmission and distribution event that addresses technologies used to move electricity from the power plant through the transmission and distribution systems to the meter inside the home. Make sure you register and join thousands of your peers as the industry comes together to learn, network, and connect with solutions-driven suppliers on a sold-out show floor. Visit distributech.com for more information. I'm John Ingle from Renewable Energy World. This is the first episode of Factor This, a podcast designed specifically for solar industry leaders. I'm really happy you're here, and I hope you'll subscribe to follow along with us. We're beginning this podcast with a four-episode series on the Oxen Solar Anti-Dumping and Countervailing Duties Petition with the U.S. Department of Commerce. Trade groups and analysts have estimated as many as 18 gigawatts of projects could be delayed as a result of the investigation and additional tariffs, making it solar's most critical issue over the next year. In February 2022, Oxen Solar alleged that Chinese solar module manufacturers were skirting U.S. trade laws by finishing modules in Vietnam, Malaysia, Cambodia, and Thailand before exporting them to the states. The Department of Commerce rejected a similar request the year before from a group of anonymous solar module manufacturers because those companies refused to identify themselves, citing the risk of retaliation. Since Oxen's petition met all the requirements, federal law requires commerce to take a look. Oxen CEO Mamoun Rashid discussed his reason for filing the petition and why his own company could close as a result of taking on the fight. And for the first time, he addressed allegations that his company is a front for a larger domestic solar manufacturer's tariff campaign. Now, Mamoun Rashid. Can you start with your name and what you do? My name is Mamoun Rashid. I'm CEO of Oxen Solar. Mamoun, tell me about your background. How'd you end up at Oxen? My background is... um in uh, computer chip design. So I used to design computer chips, flash memory chips. Um, yeah, we're in Silicon Valley. So uh, that's what I used to do up until 
around 2007 or so, 2008, where the financial crisis happened. And I was going into uh, semi-retirement mode. And then uh, a few of us looked at what was going on in the country. And we knew nothing about manufacturing. We need to say that. I, I'm a computer geek. I can sit behind a computer all day long. But um, I know nothing about a hammer and a nail and all of that uh, good stuff. 2008 happens. We look at this and say it's folks like us. We come up with great ideas. When it comes to volume manufacturing, we get on an airplane and go to Asia to have it manufactured. So we said, you know, what can we do our little part uh, to bring the manufacturing jobs back here? And solar came about because of uh, one of my previous startups. We had a lot of uh, wasted wafers that I found out get reprocessed for solar cells. And that piqued my interest. I said, all right, let's look at this uh, subject. And we did some research and we predicted rightfully or correctly that solar would become a commodity and the silicon price would keep coming down and the cost of manufacturing would not dominate the cost of making a solar panel. It would be uh, dominated by the bill of materials. So it did make sense to manufacture it in the U.S. and in Silicon Valley and it would be okay because the OPEX what we call the optics would be a very small percentage. So that's how Oxen was born. But my background is uh, in uh, uh, silicon uh, chip design. So moving on to the ADCVD petition, when you first filed that, a lot of people said, who? They didn't know who you are. So what pushed you to get involved in trade issues? So no, that's a great question because I have seen that. Where who's Oxen? Do they even make panels, uh, how long have they been around and all that. The reason nobody's heard about us is we are a contract manufacturer. So one of the things when we started Oxen, we said, what happens if we turn the tables around where we usually go to Asia to do what you call OEM manufacturing, where you have a contract manufacturer out there and they will make, let's take uh, PCs as an example, they'll make a Dell computer out there, a Compaq and even a Mac and put a label, a US company's label. What if you had Asians or other companies that want to do contract manufacturing, but they want a made in U.S. product? That was the premise of it. So we said we're not, again, remember, we and we predicted that it would become a commodity. So we didn't want to spend any money on brand name recognition. There are plenty of names already out there on the market. We said, how can we be most cost effective in manufacturing here? And what we found is let's not spend any money on marketing and brand name recognition. We'll just make it as low cost as possible, put somebody else's label on it. That's why nobody has heard of us. But the folks who haven't heard of us have very likely used our, our products that we have made. And we were happy with that. It came to a point where we've seen in the last more than a decade, a technology that was invented in America, that was perfected in America, and the entire supply chain of the solar module completely get decimated and exit. We are the oldest crystalline solar module manufacturer in the U.S. We've survived all this time, but it's come to a point uh, we're in an existential situation. It's an existential threat. If something is not done, this will be it. It will be gone forever. You can almost say it's gone now. How do you bring it back? But you can still bring it back. Uh, but if we're done and out and we don't do something, we're done um, as far as solar manufacturing in the U.S. So we felt it's imperative for us to come out, take the risk and try to do something about this. And 
at least call for an investigation if cheating was going on, if circumvention of US, existing U.S. trade laws was going on. So that's what we came up. And that's why people are surprised who is us. So then take me behind the scenes. When was that moment that you decided we have to get involved? It was out in the last several quarters when we're seeing some of the trade policies that were put in place and we saw the positive impact of those trade policies. Uh, I'm talking specifically about the Section 201 tariffs. We saw uh, uh, amazing results where in a very short period, you had multi-gigawatts reshored of manufacturing in the U.S. And our vision, by the way, is not just the module manufacturing. It's the entire supply chain. We feel we won't stop until we see the entire supply chain reshored. And But we want to make sure investing in American manufacturing is a safe bet. And that's what this is all about. So if, over the last few quarters, we've been watching what's happening. Then we uh, saw a previous petition that got rejected. If something isn't done right now, we will be done. We're okay in the sense that we also make custom panels, highly customized panels that others can't make. So in the, on the, in the same factory floor, you've got your run-of-the-mill panels uh, that dominates the industry, but you've also got your Ferraris that are made here that nobody else can make. Once we saw the data, it looked very suspicious, and that's why we made the request to Commerce to look at the data as well. Were you involved at all with the, the previous petition? We watched it uh, closely to see what happens, but, um, we, but we were disappointed that it was dropped because of, I think what Commerce said is the companies that were involved didn't want to be wanted to be anonymous because they were afraid of retaliation. It's turned out that was true. <laughs> the retaliation is real. And it's very painful as a company for our workers who are very confused at what they're seeing, what their friends and families are sending their way. But at the same time, we're not afraid. Uh, we've been at it long enough. Uh, we've survived through many ups and downs. Uh, somebody's got to do it. It's gotten to the point where I've told employees, some key employees, to stop looking. Just ignore it uh, and ignore the friends and families that are forwarding them posts that they see. That's all I can say right now, but it has had a pretty negative impact uh, psychologically, uh, but also materially, it also has had an impact because people are afraid to place orders, place POs with us because the folks who are against us have done a pretty good job of associating our name with uh, just negative connotations of whether it's tariffs, or whether it's a bad impact to adoption of renewable energy or jobs in the solar industry. So they've done a pretty good job. So a lot of people associate it, uh, associate, you know, all the vilification that's happened. It's, it's working and it has um, had a negative impact. Are you referring to the trade groups? Absolutely. Very irresponsible messaging because we have to take a bigger picture here. All we are asking for is level the playing field for the American manufacturer, the American worker. When you've got products that are coming in below the cost of the bill of materials, the American worker hasn't even had a chance. They've lost their race before even entering the race if cheating is going on. We don't know that ourselves. The data looks very suspicious. We're not the ultimate say in this. The Commerce Department is the ultimate say. So if we've just called for an initiation of the investigation. That's all that's happened. But all this reaction, all this potential jobs lost, Again, I don't know if that's true. I'll wait to see the data. You know, we've been around long enough to see other trade cases be presented and other tariffs come in. We have not once seen any of those predictions come true 
as far as it's going to slow down the industry, it's going to increase the cost. None of it has come true. So let's see what happens this time. You know, uh, we'll see. Is fighting this a threat to your survival as a company? Uh, yes, it is. Our securities, we've also been hacked. <laughs> Our security servers have been hacked. Uh, uh, it is uh, exactly in the in our effort to try to do the right thing, uh, it could very well lead to our demise. You know, an interesting narrative that's formed since you filed this petition and since Commerce announced that they would look into it is that the Biden administration is out to get renewable energy, that it's turned its back on the solar energy industry. When in reality, we know that in these trade cases, if a petition meets all the requirements, Commerce has to look into it by law. Is that at all uh, frustrating for you that this entire conversation has been framed as oxen solar and the Biden administration are out to get solar. When is it okay to not abide by the law? Boils down to that. If a law is broken, a law is broken. It's never okay because of some other goal to break the law. When you come to a stop sign and it's 2 a.m. in the morning in your neighborhood, you stop at the stop sign. There are no other cars. That's the law. So to have this type of a reaction and to conclude whether it's the White House against uh, renewable energy adoption or whether it's Oxen Solar, a tiny company affecting tens of thousands of jobs, it's not about that. It's our laws being broken. And if they are, we shouldn't be tolerating laws being broken. Bigger picture, are we going to say, oh, it's important to adopt renewable energy. Oh, it's important to have the tens of thousands of jobs. But if that requires us to look the other way in case laws are being broken, I just don't see how that's ever okay. And not in America. It's one of the things that makes us great is at the end of the day, we are law-abiding citizens. and We have to let the process work out. What are we doing? We're simply going over from dependence on the Middle East to dependence on other nations. And I just don't think that's a smart thing to do for future generations. You're giving up energy independence. You're, it's a national security issue. And then look at what's happening in, in, uh, in Europe or in uh, Ukraine right now. An action by Putin is highlighting our vulnerability to not being energy independent. And we are shouting and screaming at a company that's trying to say, let's not let this happen again in the renewable energy sector. It blows my mind. There has been a lot of speculation, whether publicly or behind the scenes in the industry, about your motives in bringing this petition. Some have suggested that a large domestic manufacturer without naming names is is bankrolling your effort, is providing legal help, is pushing you to lead the charge so that they don't have to face the brunt of the criticism. Is there any truth to that? Did anyone encourage you or help you get started on this petition outside of oxen solar yeah you know i've heard that it's quite offensive for me to have heard that we're not a new kid on the block but folks who make those accusations should do some research other than read the headlines and read the twitter feeds use their brain cells a little bit do the research we've been around since 2008 we've seen all the ups and downs it's not about a quick buck if it was, we wouldn't be doing manufacturing in the U.S. <laughs> We'd be manufacturing elsewhere. We're a truly American company, American manufacturer. We don't have any foreign ownership. We never took our production elsewhere. We don't bring in white label panels from elsewhere to have a an American version and a less uh, or more cost effective version from Asia so we can win projects. No, we mean what we say. It's about American manufacturer. 
we will live and die with this conviction. So um, to now be a front for somebody else, it just doesn't jive uh, with our uh, company. And um, like I said, it's uh, it's very insulting uh, to see those. We haven't said anything. We'll let all the noise happen. Uh, but when we get a chance, when I get a chance like this in this kind of a form, uh, I will certainly explain. But I'm not going to get into going arguing back and forth trying to make our points. Let people say what they want. Mamoon Rashid, thank you. Thank you very much, John. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks again to Oxen Solar CEO Mamoon Rashid. In all of this debate about his company's tariff petition in the past few months, we haven't heard his perspective. I'm glad he gave us that chance. Mamoon's trade attorney joined us for our interview and didn't plan to speak, but I think there's value to hearing about their legal approach to the ADCVD case while providing a history of solar tariffs in the U.S. before we go too much further. Here's Thomas Beeline. Okay, so Thomas, let's start at 2012 when we had that first round of tariffs. What was going on there during the Obama administration? In 2012, uh, it was determined at that point that the way that the anti-dumping and countervailing duty rules would work was wherever the sell was made, that would confer sort of the duty application. And so the cells were then offshored out of China, but modules are still being made in China using subsidized build materials. And, you know, they were getting cells from Taiwan at that point predominantly, and it was necessary to have that follow on case. Okay, so the follow on case in 2015 attached to modules as well. Exactly. No matter where the cells were from. All right. Now let's jump ahead to 2018 then in the Trump administration. What was going on? So in 2018, the Trump administration puts in place the 201 tariffs and uh, quota. And basically what that was, was a a tariff rate on all modules from around the world, wherever they were produced and um, duty free importation of cells up to 2.5 gigawatts. Uh, for use in producing modules here in the U.S. from imported cells. So then we arrive at the Biden administration to round out the last three administrations implementing or continuing tariffs. What has the Biden administration done so far? Basically, this this year, earlier this year, President Biden has the opportunity to extend the Trump uh, safeguard, and he makes a decision to extend it in part, revoke it in part, and enlarge the cell quota. And the revoke in part was bifacial, correct? Correct. Back in 2015, Oxen created domestically the the bifacial production here in the U.S. with one of the only producers of bifacial. Ironically, uh, one of the companies that purchased that bifacial panel from from Oxen during that period was one of the companies that petitioned the Trump administration in 2019 to exclude bifacial. And Mamoon joined with a couple of other parties at that point to push for the revocation of that exclusion and was successful up until a court decision said that um, the Trump administration acted unlawfully. And then the Biden administration basically, you know, continued the exclusion on a go forward basis, basically, you know, rendering the safeguard to be of little value because of how people move to bifacial. One of the things that Uh, we found out um, during the course of the safeguard extension proceeding was uh, certain companies in Southeast Asia were uh, advertising uh, basically bifacial panels 
that had a, a back sheet to them uh, in a in a lighter format so that they could be installed on residential rooftops where the, the other side wasn't ever going to see any daylight at all. And it was just a blatant way to circumvent um, the safeguard and qualify for the bifacial exclusion. Are you at all surprised at how contentious this whole thing has gotten? Look, I think when there's money on the line, because this is what this is really all about, it's people's profit margins. Um, you know, people are going to argue what's in their best interest. I mean, you know, Mamoon laid it out earlier, you know, when we presented him the data to suggest that circumvention was going on, you know, he considered whether to file the case because of what it might mean for his ability to have a return on investment. I think the same considerations go for those who are opposed. And, you know, what's really remarkable, John, when I look at it, is I don't hear a lot of them saying there's no cheating going on here. I hear a lot about how unfair it is that Oxen could file a case or how Oxen's so small or who's bankrolling this for Oxen. Like, it's not as if somebody's saying, you don't need to look into this because none of us are cheating. None of us are avoiding the application of the law. I feel like that's a missed opportunity for these other folks who, you know, want to be pushing for people to act lawfully. I will say that this is not out of the ordinary for them. I mean, it was what last year when one of the groups came up with their their blueprint for how to avoid using forced labor in in acquiring panels and 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 silicon material from China. That felt a little bit um I don't know, forced because, oh, a couple of weeks later, the U.S. Customs uh, and Border Protection starts looking into forced labor issues. I mean, so wait, it took us that long to say human rights are important to us. So I feel like these groups are a little bit, um, you know, delayed in in how they're acting when it comes to, um, you know, pushing for us to take climate change very seriously, which we should. But they're willing to cut corners on, just as Mamoon said, applying the law. They're lo- willing to look the other way on forced labor issues. They're willing to look the other way when we're losing American workers in the manufacturing space. You know, it, to me, it just all rings to to the truth that it's all about profitability on these types of, of projects. And that's unfortunate. A big thanks to Mamoon Rashid and Thomas Beeline for joining the podcast. Next time on Factor This. I'm in our headquarters uh, this week actually trying to address this issue. You know, do we put more investment into the U.S. or is there better investments in other parts of the world because we don't have to deal with the political risk? The entire point of Factor This is to bring you other perspectives, so Oxen Solars won't be the last you hear on the tariff case. That was Kevin Smith, LightSource BP's America's CEO. He says the oil major-backed utility-scale developer is having difficult conversations about the path forward in the U.S. Plus, let's run a campaign and run a playbook like we've never run before, because... 
we cannot afford to lose. American Clean Power Association CEO Heather Zeichel, a former Obama administration official herself, is on the front lines of the petition fight and is putting all of the pressure on President Biden, someone she knows well. She takes us behind the scenes of the policy fight and shares her conversations with utilities about a change in plans for their switch from fossil fuels to solar. All that on Factor This. Thanks for listening to Factor This. I'm John Engel. You can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Factor This is a production of Clarion Events and Renewable Energy World. Please subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts and leave a review. We're excited to see what you think. Show notes, episode transcripts, source materials, and video interviews from Factor This are available at RenewableEnergyWorld.com. We'll see you next time. Hey, it's John Ingle, and I'm excited to share that registration is now live for Grid Tech Connect Forum California. Join us in Newport Beach June 24th through the 26th for the interconnection event. We're bringing together utilities, developers, regulators, and advocates to take on one of the biggest challenges facing the energy transition, both at the DG and utility scale levels. Click the link in the episode description and use promo code podcast to save 10% on admission. Join our partners from the Department of Energy, NREL, Southern California Edison, PG&E, Kaiso, Sunrun, NG, Convergent, AES, and so many more for this impactful event. We'll see you there.